0: they head to three. Daniel Suarez, rookie driver, leads the field. I am so impressed with Daniel Suarez. This is a young man that's gonna be in the Cup Series driving a car for someone before too many years go by. He will
1: be the first ever international champion in NASCAR. Daniel's Amigos, a fan-focused movement led by Coca-Cola to engage with Latino NASCAR fans.
0: Daniel Suarez, he will be driving next season for the newly formed Trackhouse Racing Team. I'm
2: excited for this team this year. Trackhouse, Justin Marks, and Pitbull's a part owner in this race team, too. I love what they're doing, bringing some entertainment to NASCAR.
0: And now on the outside lane, advancing to the lead, well, that's Daniel Suarez. Move
2: Daniel Suarez and Trackhouse Racing to the top.
3: I'm big into cars. All cars. let's talk. Ooh. So, I want to build a, a one-bedroom house with a 30-car garage. <laughs> <That was laughs> You're my serious, dream. too. Yeah, and I love cars, man. That, that's actually what I grew up doing. I didn't grow up in racing. I grew up in cars. That led me into... Working on cars. I grew up, you know, being a mechanic, you know, working in engines, suspensions, and I, I know how to do most of that stuff. And uh, And eventually, you know, that got me into going fast and racing and... If it wasn't because one of my father's customer, I don't think I would have made it into racing. Really? Yeah, one, one of his customer's son was into racing, and that's how... So, I mean, was it go-kart racing at the time? Go-kart racing at the time. Yeah, at the time I was only 10 years old. Right. So I was a kid. You, you know? think you can beat us in kart racing? With one hand. <laughs> With one hand? With one hand. This this uh, finger, I broke, I broke this finger in a wreck, in a go-kart wreck, and I had a race that weekend, that coming weekend. And I had to race. I was fighting for the championship. I had to race with one hand. It was kind of funny because after a couple of weeks that the cast was going out, I had like a little like a splint on, on this finger. And I was doing this to people. I was driving like this. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but, but the first weekend, actually, I was driving with one hand. Right. And I needed to race. I needed to finish in the top five to be able to win the championship. It was the last race of the season. And I finished second. And since then, I started telling all my friends, I can beat all of you guys with one, one hand, hand. One hand. Oh, that's
4: disrespectful.
1: <laughs> that's disrespectful. We're I, showing,
2: I'm, we're showing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hell on the highway now. Yeah.
4: Yeah, man. I
1: go there through. You go.
4: Yeah, 95. <laughs> so, do you feel that pressure? Like, is that do you carry that weight knowing that there's a lot of people, you know, waiting for you to win?
3: Yes, I no. And I want to tell you why. Yes, because I'm the only Mexican, uh, Latino that can actually speak the language. But no, because I don't see it as a pressure. I see it more as a responsibility, you know, because we, we in a way, we represent a whole community, you know, that is, a, that is a community that is not the same community that, that everyone else, you know, 95% of the sport right. uh, is able to connect natural, you know. So, yeah, man, I, I do believe that, that there is always a little bit of pressure, but I see it more as a responsibility.
2: But you roll deep, though, I heard. Because you got the shirt on I heard about Daniel's Amigos now. I heard, don't come out there talking crazy if you're racing. How, how did Daniel's Amigos get started? And would I get slapped if I said something wrong about
1: you? No, no, man. No,
3: you would you never get slapped. But listen, how Daniel's Amigos started, when I was trying to come to the United States uh, in 2011, I had one goal only, that was win races and win championships. I didn't care about anything else. I didn't care what I had to do, how to do it. That's all I care about. As I started getting into the sport, I started to understand more of the sport. I started to understand the people. I started to understand the impact I was doing, not just with all the drivers, but with other mechanics and with fans, Hispanic fans. Right. And then I realized that I needed to do something else more than just winning race and championships. And I realized that I was the only one that I was it was gonna be able to, to do something like this. So I really wanted to, to the Hispanic community to see this as, hey, you know, we can come here together and, and there is a Hispanic driver and there is you know, Hispanic mechanics and stuff like that. And that's how Daniel's Amigos started. And we started bringing a group of Hispanic people to a racetrack with a with a unique experience and, and uh, giving them something else that they cannot buy nobody can buy this which
4: is which is interesting because when you think about Bubba Bubba you know he's trying to it's not trying to because Bubba is just like like I love driving right and this comes with it it's cool I love his approach but Bubba when we look at Bubba it's like man how do we get more black and brown people in the sport right then hearing you talk when you talk about that responsibility you have an opportunity to expand NASCAR beyond the borders, right? That's interesting, why do we as athletes feel this responsibility that we have to do more? Why can't we just, you love driving, right? You fell in love with it, that's, all, that's where it started. Us as athletes, it just started like we just wanna play ball. And then as you grow up and you get older, and you move up the ranks, now you have this responsibility.
3: Why do we feel that, why, why, why does that come with it? We start, we love, with passion right. and that'll start becoming something bigger and bigger and we start becoming role models of the sport. And then that's when the responsibility comes because we have many eyes looking at us and, uh, and then you just have to do the right thing. Right. You know, I, didn't, I, I never thought I was gonna be in this position right now. When I was coming to the United States, 10 years ago, I didn't have anyone to call, to ask for an advice, to do anything about how to get to this point. Right. right now, there is a lot of kids from you Mexico. You couldn't even speak
4: English.
0: I couldn't anything. even speak English, so right. I
3: couldn't even communicate with, with you guys if right. I wanted right. to. But right now, there is a lot of kids from Mexico that I know, and they call me. You know, they reach out to me, hey, this is the right path. Hey, should I go test this racetrack or that car? I didn't have that. I had to go and make mistakes. Right and do it right, and make mistakes, and do it right, and do it, you know what I mean? Right. The, the drive for diversity program from NASA helped me a lot, but I was more down the road. Right. But in the very beginning, I didn't have anything. And now I feel like there is more kids that they do have someone, that, that someone is me. So, you know, and that comes with responsibility. Like, I, I can just, you know, do not see that, and just move on, you know, that's right. that's part of the role that I have as a, as a Mexican driver in the sport.
1: In the last four or five years, We hear a lot in the media about the things that happen at our borders. 2011 is when you started your journey here, right? Could you just touch on that a little bit? Because kids out there, they have hope, they have dreams, but you're going to inspire a whole generation, you know, and and people on the other side of the, the wall, per se. Yeah. Like, what was that journey like? As you guys may know
3: or may imagine, to be a risk driver... You have to be lucky. You need to have support from your family. And you have to have some kind of money because racing is not cheap. Mm, you know, right. it, it's, it's difficult. I didn't grow up with a family with money. You know, I, I didn't grow up with a family with money at all. My, my father has a restoration shop. You know, you can, right. be, you can have money <laughs> right. doing that. Yeah, yeah. So, right. you know, with that being said, when I moved to, to the US in 2011, I didn't speak English. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any money at the time. I didn't have uh, sponsors to come to the United States. All I had was a dream. And a car that I drove all the way from Mexico to the United States. So if you think about it, a lot of the people that come from my country, from Mexico, from different places in Latin America, that they are trying to look for those opportunities, they're trying to break that barrier. They come to this country exactly the same way I came to this country. Just trying to look for the opportunities. I mean, I I, I didn't have anything. The first six months I was living with friends of friends. I hmm. couldn't even afford to, to rent my own apartment. Uh-huh. So, when I tell people where I am today and where I was 10 years ago, that gives people inspiration to say, hey, if this guy can do it, why can't do it? I love sitting down
4: with just people and getting into the mindset and the psyche. Like, there's some guys just wired differently, and you can feel it right away. When you walk in the locker room, you walk on the field, we get in the huddle, you know, man, that guy's just different. When you walked in, I'm just like, man, this dude is a... You love this. You love the sport. You love the car. You know everything about the engine like you are the real deal. Right. You talked about passion. And I think as an athlete, I think you guys are an athletes chatting this. He's still debating that. Right. <laughs> but as an athlete, there's a there's a fine line between losing passion and confidence. 2018, 2019 you as a premier driver, like that was almost gone. Like even like to get to where you're at now, like in 11th hour, you're able to find a home, you know? So during that time, did you ever struggle with confidence or did you have to look yourself in the mirror? Like, no, I I know who I am. I came to this country with a dream and I know I'm a badass, right? Like I know I can get that done.
3: You know, racing is, is very tough when it comes to having yourself mentally tough to be able to stay on top of your game. And the reason why I'm saying that is because every single athlete has to have that, like you mentioned. You have to have that something inside of you that I'm sure that you guys are very, very lucky to have it. And I have it as well. It's that desire, that fire inside, that competition. I mean, I can remember since I was seven years old, I used to be super competitive with my friends. With, With that being said, I feel like racing... The difference between racing and and probably most of the other sports is that every single race that we do, we are racing against 39 other teams, other race car drivers at the same time. And in reality, you lose more races than when you win. This is one versus 39. The odds to win races are less than losing. So you have to be very mentally tough because you are gonna have good moments but you're gonna have bad moments too. And for me, the most important part is how strong you can bounce back.
4: No, I feel like you're a tough guy, 100%, right? And I think there's a, there's a lot we can learn from athletes, right? Because we have to go through a lot of stress. We manage a lot, there's ups and downs, but we still gotta go out there and compete. I know you're built differently. I know you're built, you're, you're wired differently. But I, I feel like there, there was a moment. There had to be a moment. Where it was like, man, I don't know if this is for me. All right? Like, yeah, you came in. You won trucks. You, you won Xfinity. Be quick, because I was going to go back right.
2: Back further than that. You come to the U.S. You say you were living with friends' friends, people you didn't even know. I didn't know. What was the breakthrough point? of to, to, uh, to the point you're talking, I think this point, and let me know if I'm wrong, that point when what happened that you knew you could be a NASCAR driver. There's people that love to play football. I love football, I love the game, I watch it all day. You can't play in the NFL, you just love fo- You love cars, you love driving. That doesn't mean you can be a NASCAR driver. Yeah. When you got here, like, was, was there a moment that turned that over where the knowledge of cars, the, the ability to drive can turn into something
3: huge like right, this? Right. I think that might be that moment. What was that moment? Well, I was very fortunate that I was already very successful in Mexico but the competition, the level, everything is different. When I came to the US, it was a whole different game. It was very difficult, many times I doubted. Many times I doubted, is this actually for me? Is this something that I have to do? But for me, something that actually kept me going all the time was the sacrifices that my family had to do to give me that shot. Every single time I was thinking on that, I was thinking, there is no way I'm gonna let them down. And there is no way I will make this not work because of me. I have to make this work. Like for me it was never an option to to fail.
4: So uh, don't know what the hell happened at SHR. Don't don't know. But now you're at track house. Right? Talk to me about that. Pitbulls over there. Do you guys feel like y'all be in position to compete in the next year or so for a championship?
3: Listen, something something about racing and you guys will you, you guys know this because obviously you guys came from, from, uh, from this environment, is that it's everything about people, right? It doesn't matter who <laughs> you are with. You can be with the best team of 2020. But if in 2021 you don't have the same people, it doesn't work, right? It's right. everything about people. And I've been very fortunate to be part of amazing organizations that I have learned a ton, a lot, and I have learned that you need to have, to be able to pull the train, you have to have all the people in the right places and all the people pulling in the same direction. And when I'm talking about all the people, I'm talking from the driver all the way to the people that is, you know, working to try right. to find opportunities, sponsors and stuff like that, and, and, and moving people around. So there is a lot of things. And the opportunity that I have right now with Trackhouse, yeah. with Pitbull, it's the best opportunity I ever had. And the reason of that is because these guys, they trust on my talent. Right. They trust on myself. They trust on what I can do. Does Pitbull, like, w-
4: walk around the garage, like, singing and stuff? <laughs> sometimes.
1: <laughs> it's a little crazy, yeah.
3: Sometimes. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> I love that guy, man.
1: I heard your
4: garage guy. is pretty cool, you know, from, you know, ex-driver, now owner, where he comes with energy. I, heard, I listened to one of your, you know, your interviews, and you're like, man... Just the energy in our garage and just in our building and what we do from Pitbull, you know, it's just amazing. You know, talk to me about the energy, you know what I mean, that's flowing through your team and your organization.
3: Yeah, Pitbull, honestly, he he does bring a lot of energy to, to a team. He's somebody that actually, I really connect very good with him for the reason that he comes from nothing, you know. He came from actually probably even a worse situation than me. You know, he came from... From a family, he, he says it this way, I came from a negative to a positive. And he say, you know what? If I'm here, there's only one way to go, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's, it's up. Uh, uh. It's positive. That's right. You have everything to gain, nothing to lose. So I, I admire a lot uh, right. Pitbull. He's a great guy. He's very humble. He's grounded and uh, he's so successful, man. And the energy that he has, that he, that he trusts me to people. It's incredible. Like you can feel it, you know. Like every, as soon as I walk in, I, I, you know, we, we start connecting to each other, right. and we can feel each other. Right. As soon as you see this guy for five seconds, you already you can feel that. You right. You can feel that energy. You can feel how positive he is, how smart he is. All right. So
4: someone told me you listen to a lot of uh, type of music. You listen to? I, I'll let you tell it.
3: I like I like reggaeton a lot, man. Like people's music is very very good. I like I like Spanish music a lot. Right. Spanish. Who, who are you listening to? Pitbull, honestly, is one of my favorite for a long Same time. Ass. Come on, man, don't be most, a politician. Yeah, of course you're gonna say Pitbull. I like Enrique Iglesias; he's good too. Uh-huh. I like him a lot. Um, you going
1: to his show tonight? We,
3: we seen Angel huh?
1: You going to his show tonight?
3: We show <laughs> Enrique's. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I have to. I have to wait See, that's a trick on, question. It's like Drew Brees. That's if, if, that's
1: a trick if, you're, question. if you're
4: a football player, it's like your, your energy and your demeanor is like Drew Brees. Just like I'm about my it business. Seems that way, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's mm-hmm. get messy here. I like to get messy a little bit. All right, cool. Who's the guy on the track that's like, man, I want to kick his? Who's that one? Man, I want to...
3: Come on, Mr. Nice no, Guy, no, Mr. No, no, Mr. Humble. No, no. Come on, man. I want to tell you, actually, after I tell you what I'm going to tell you, you're going <laughs> to think that I'm the opposite. I don't have friends in the racetrack. Ooh. I, I, say, I say this- I don't and, think anything's
4: wrong with you. No. No, because that's exactly that's what I mean by being wired differently. That's, what I'm, that's exactly what I'm talking about. How do oh. you need friends? Right. There's only no, one
2: person
3: about, that can come away. first. That's it. Well, you're gonna I, have a friend. Listen, you're about to add a new car. you have a teammate, so you, you, you have to bring, play nice with you him. You bring your friends to a racetrack. You don't have friends in the racetrack. Without being said, you know, I get along extremely well with many drivers, but once you're in the racetrack, you can have friends. Like, if my best friend was racing against me and we are racing the last lap to move him out of the way, I would feel bad I, to move him out of the way. Right. But it, you can't have that connection. Like, I have right. friends. I have friends. I have always said this. I have friends in the racetrack. But close friends, I don't have. I know, but there's always that guy, though. Don't, don't
4: be that guy. Yeah, but that's always that guy. There's always that guy. You know, Kyle Busch is Kyle Busch rowdy.
3: But then there's that Joe no, it's different. It's different. It's different because I'm not... I'm not the guy that goes to an interview to talk trash. I'm not the guy know. That, that is gonna You're go to, you know, to do all this kind of stuff, like some other drivers do. All I'm saying is that I have a line, yeah. you know? Like I have a line between my close friends and my friends. Right. And the ones in the racetracks, in the racetrack are friends. Right. Why? Because I'm trying to kick their butt every single weekend. <laughs> so I love it they can be close, right. it can
2: be close. Is it a switch? If, can, can we sit you down like this? 15 minutes before a race. Could you logically talk like you are right before you get in your car? Yes. And still go out there and have that edge? Because before a football game, I was a lunatic. I was literally trying if, if your neck broke, your neck broke. Like, it is what it is you got on the field with me. You could, you could sit down and have a logical conversation and
3: then go out there and dominate on the track. I feel like, in a way, we're kind of trained to that. You know, every time that we, that we have a race... Right before the race, we have the national anthem. We have people there, guests, that they want to take pictures with you with the car. But something that happens very often to me is that if I have a meet and greet with with a sponsor one hour before the race, I can't remember the names, their faces and everything. If if you're asking me to, to take a picture with people 30 minutes before the race, I'm already in my zone. Like, I, I, I'm there, my body's there, and I can smile and have a picture, but, but I'm already thinking on the race, right. That's us say
1: the restarts, the tires. So I want to expand on that. What's your routine? You know, preparation, the week of, right. You know, how do you, how's your mindset? Do you have a routine? Do you eat a certain way? Yeah. It do-, do you listen to certain music? I do, I do have a routine.
3: It doesn't change through race, to, through the racetrack to racetrack. It's always the same routine. Taking care of my body, something extremely important, especially for you guys. You know, you guys. Uh,
1: We're missing one who eats McDonald's every day.
3: I don't, but <laughs> but you know, I try to I try to eat it very very good. I try to sleep well. I have to be eating good carbs, good protein, uh, two hours and a half right before the race. I already had an accident when I. <laughs> When I took close to the race. Um, <laughs> we were talking about, talking about it. when you say
4: accent, hold on, what do you mean? Is the is the one where you threw up or yeah, is man, that the it? one you're talking about? Yeah. Well, he threw up on himself. Yeah, I, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. I
3: wasn't uh actually it wasn't because I in I his ate. helmet in the helmet. Whoa. Not just that, but I continue to race like that. With, with I was with everything, with everything. Not just that, we were filming something that weekend and, and it's on, it's on. We got it on, on camera? We have can it on you camera. Can you guys send it to us so we can put
4: it in the show? No, <laughs> not. No, what you mean, no? What are you talking about?
3: So that weekend, man, I, like I said, I'm, I'm very, I have a routine and I can change. Uh, when it comes to food, I'm quite picky and I'm quite, in a way, a little delicate. So I have to stay in my routine. And for some reason that day, I just, I just ate something a little funky. I mean, it, was, it wasn't funky, but it was something that it just didn't see, didn't got me well. And in the middle of the race, I started feeling bad. Man. Mm. I started feeling a little dizzy. I started feeling weak. And eventually, I started feeling it. And probably 15 laps, I threw up. I dropped, man, for one lap complete, I was, this is going to be nasty, man, but I, I had to know, open gonna the shield. See, we're going to get the video. I had to open the shield, man, and it was like a fountain. <laughs> it, was, it was nasty, man. After I threw up, right. you know, we still had 10 laps left in the race, and I felt fine. I started going like crazy. <laughs> I wanted to be
4: done. Right, right. That's good. I, listen, I want to get into, you know, I want to expand the conversation more to, like, we talk about team a lot, so I want to bring in Coach Rocco, NASCAR drive for that diversity diversity program, and we'll talk about you know what's up, Coach. What's up, brother? What's up, guys? <laughs> how important? How important is a like a Rocco, you know, to be you know to be a part of your team?
3: Pit crews are extremely important because the easiest way to lose or gain spots is on pit road. These guys, they they just work extremely hard. Not too long ago, I was watching a race from from ten years ago. And 10 years so ago... I told you
4: he's different. Yeah. Race, yeah. Watching a race from 10 years ago. Why? Yeah, like, yeah, why? He like, idea. <laughs> he's being humble on his differentness. But <laughs> I like. Right. I already know, but you can tell. There's something in you, right, where you can know you're just different. You're set apart. I'm telling you. But go ahead, finish your story.
3: At the time, they had probably two or three more guys, and they were, like, five seconds slower than what, what, what we are today. So that tells you how far... The sport has come with, with the whole picker deal. I mean, these guys are athletes. I mean, look at this guy. Have you heard of the Rocco rule? The Rocco rule. <laughs> you don't know the
4: Rocco rule? That was before That might've been right when you were getting in. Does anybody know about the Rocco rule or you just made that a no,
0: fact check you? The officials know about it. The people that know know Tell about the it. Rock Danielle O'Rourke. was young. I used to throw my tire from the right side headlight, bounce it over the wall so we didn't have to worry about uncontrolled tires from the guys missing it. I got you. You So know, you were boom, boom, and it went over. Now they changed that rule after about six races of me doing that to you have to bring your all your equipment back in a controlled manner over the wall and you cannot throw it over. The, the old one you were uh Hendrick with Jeff Gordon. Yeah. So Rocco, <laughs> so, so, Rocco, you know, you said he's being modest. He is being modest. He doesn't even know why we like him and why he's here. Yeah. You know, I he love, and, and, and I it, love it's, you. It's not because we like Starface. Right. We all do. But you got the dog in you. And let right. me just tell you a story. I pitted his car when he was in his young 20s on a truck series race. And he went, and just what we go through as pit crew members breaking in in a new sport, there's a lot of unknowns and, and barriers we have to cross to assimilate into this NASCAR world. There's so many crew chiefs, mechanics, and other drivers like himself who pack their stuff up, moved on a whim and hoped to get involved in a sport. And it has been very successful. That's one reason why you relate. Then to, as a crew member, a black crew member, to hear a driver who doesn't speak English, trying to interpret what he's feeling to a car. And I'm not going to say any teens, but to gentlemen who kind of mock you in a way, you know, with your accent, but you ignore that and have the perseverance still to finish second at Dover or wherever uh, you finish that yeah, Dover yeah, right. with all that,
3: that drama. Right. And I still remember that race. I should have won it, man. It, it was crazy just
0: to <laughs> see that. And dude can't speak English. Too. That's why we, it resonates with all of y'all and us, because we've had that dog with us. Y'all are professional and been at the best at your top level. A lot of
4: drivers don't have that. So is my is my gut right? Like right. when I when I, you know, facts, know what I'm saying, because when, when I when I sat down with Bubba, as soon as he walked, it was like, just, just how it means like he's a boss, man. <laughs> right? And then <laughs> yeah. it's the yeah. same. Well, yeah. I mean, and I like, I like right. Rowdy, right. and Rowdy's a boss, obviously, obviously been super successful. We Steven, so he has Steve on the show. He said he could go down potentially as one of the greatest Deal. Days, one of the greatest. Kyle, Ky- yeah. like, right. So, when yeah.
2: you when you sit down with the dogs, i throw myself under the bus here. I had guys on my team Sunday before the game. They'd come up to me, and they'd be like, I played with B. And they'd be like, Crowder, because they wanted to check on me because they didn't know if I went out Saturday night. Because <laughs> they, they had to make sure, hey, bro, you good? Like, were, 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 were you in bed? Did you get your sleep? No. As a pit crew guy, I want both of y'all to answer. As a pit crew guy and as a driver, do y'all look to, like you're saying, it's pieces, the the whole – the the hierarchy of a team, yeah. owner to the, the mechanics, yeah. to all that, to the pit crew, to the driver, whatever the hierarchy is.
1: Yeah, the hierarchy
2: look like this, what you just said. <laughs> he, just said, <laughs> he, right. said right. he said I, owner, you know what? I know then owners, down with the mechanics. I, I know owners up top, but when yeah. it starts going down like this, I don't know if so that why right. I did this. Just to, <laughs> We're learning. We're, we're, le- we're learning NASCAR. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know those other levels of the, of the, of the food pyramid with yeah. NASCAR. But do you all, you know, Sunday morning, race on Sunday. Sunday, as a pit crew guy, would you go and check on your driver? And as a driver, would you go and be like, are y'all ready today? Because Let all me answer this, first.
0: Let me answer first. All this success is riding together. Win and loss, y'all going to win and lose together. Let's put it this way. I had a driver. Mark Martin was a, is a future Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, best driver, one of the best drivers. And I probably said two or three words to him while I was pitting his car. I asked Mark because Mark Martin was a Gucci man. Gucci Mane. He was all on Gucci Mane. knew I was from Atlanta. I would update his playlist, you know, when he was working out. But when he would do that, I was like, Mark, man, you don't really talk to anybody else. And he told me one of the things, the hardest things I had to do as a driver is when y'all mess up is fire y'all. So I'd rather not get close. Oh, that's Bill Belichick. I'd rather not get close. You know, for the simple fact that when hard decisions are being made, you know, I want to have, I want to be clear. I'm with that. So, you know, each driver is different. You know, in that regard, some communicate very well on the track with you. Some will have you wanting to meet at their hauler at the end after you made a mistake, because we're human, but at the same time, the common goal is to win. And if you have individuals who question winning or question, you know, you getting yelled at or you making a mistake and you being held accountable, that's not the type of dude you want on your team anyways.
3: I agree and I disagree. And the reason of that is because I I just think that, that as a team, you have to be united. You know you have to be positive you have to be mind positive to to drive the train into that direction and if you don't do your job, you don't do your job or somebody doesn't do their job, maybe the train is gonna go, but it won't go as fast so you know I really try hard to have a good relationship with every single team member of my on my on my team because Man, I, 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 seen, I, I, I hang out with my, with my team way more than I hang out with everyone, anyone else, That's my right. family and That's everyone, right. you yeah. know, like we are together and we are, when, when we messed up, you have to see the problem, but then support each other to overcome that and come back stronger. Like it happens all the time as a, as yeah. a you know, in, in pit stops, as Short-term a driver, memory. when I make a mistake, I already know that I made the mistake. I don't need somebody in my ear say, hey, why you made stop?" you know? Like Picruz, it happens all the time as well. Sometimes you have to play, you know, in yeah, the game of being positive and say, hey, right. how can I help you? You, you made a mistake. How though. can I help you <laughs> to, make, to be better?
1: Mm-hmm. See, and saying, move on. The
3: mistake is already done. Don't stay in the mistake because if you no, know we're going to make another one. We have 10 more stops to go.
1: You're, you're speaking our language. Mm-hmm. You know, a second ago, you, you said everybody do your job. You said that's Belichick. That, that is Belichick. You know, and earlier you talked about uh, being a people's person. You were Joe Gibbs for two years?
3: Well, no, four, four, four for four. Years. Four
1: years. For four years. One of the greatest coaches, obviously, in our sport and in your sport as an as a owner, right? What'd you learn over there? You know, because you speak about being a people person. Joe Gibbs says... It takes people. It takes people. Yeah, Yeah. he prides himself on the people. So what was your experience like over there? And and what what did you learn that can help you guys at Trackhouse? Yeah. You know, grow and be one of the top. I,
3: I I was at Joe Gibbs in 15, 16, 17, and 18. So I was there four years. I, I won the rookie of the year, 15. I won the championship in 16, and then I went to a cup series. Yeah, top, and then, the top. Yeah, yeah. and could, then all yeah. that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know? What? But I learned some tough lessons there. I, it's, it's an amazing team, amazing organization. They do take care of a lot of the people, but just like a lot of big teams, there is always people that is just taking care of their own of their own interests, you know? Right. I like to use this term, I was a puppy, man. You know, I was a puppy. I was I was new into the sport. I was mm. just learning. I just I was fresh from winning the championship. And you were popular I, with me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you, Don't I, think you weren't popular. Like mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Okay. <laughs> whatever you were telling me, I was saying yeah, yeah. That, that that's good, man. Let's right. let's work together. Let's go. So I felt like there were a lot of things that I wish I can go back in time with the experience I have today. Right. And do all those we things all because do. because we now now my, my my mind is <laughs> in a completely different level. The experience that I didn't have, but unfortunately the people that was around me. They were not looking 100% for me. Right. So, unfortunately, it just didn't last. You know, it just didn't work out. I, I have a lot of respect for many people there. But it happens, you know. Those, those are lessons that, that you have to do it. If it wasn't happening at Joy maybe it was going to happen somewhere else. And maybe today I wouldn't be where what I, what I am today with people, mm-hmm. track house Correct. and the incredible team that I have today. If you, can, if you can tell me right now, Daniel, for next year, you can be whatever you want. house, Hendrick, Gibbs, whatever you want. Where do you want to go? Right. I promise you, it's track house. Mm. For the future, where we're going, the people that we have. People. Right. People is everything.
2: This next-gen thing, my understanding is that now the cars are going to be more equal. Everybody's going to have the equal out-the-box parts. As a driver, how do y'all, because I got Rocco's perspective. <laughs> Rocco, cause you are, bro, you're always going to jump in. Rocco, I know what you think. How do the drivers feel about this next-gen you know, uh, approach? with NASCAR?
3: It's the future, man. It's the future. If you think about it, 10 years ago, uh, teams used to develop everything, parts, engines, suspensions, bodies, chassis, everything. Right now, they still do. The difference is that NASCAR is controlling that. So NASCAR is telling the teams, hey, you are building 10 different design chassis per year. Now you can only do three. So NASCAR is slowly has been limiting that because teams are spending way too much money. Teams are not smart. They spend money. <laughs> too much money. They get the money and they spend it. So what they're gonna do next is that instead of having Hendrik, Trackhouse, uh, uh, Ganassi, uh, Gibbs, everyone design their own, uh, everything separate to save money, they're gonna say, you know what? <clears throat> you are gonna build the chassis for everyone. You are gonna build the bodies for everyone. You are gonna build the brakes for everyone. You are gonna build the whatever. But that is gonna make the sport more even. And in the long term, it's gonna be way more, you know, beneficial for the sport because- That makes sense. Everyone I, never heard,
2: I never heard it. But it also puts, it also puts it on you. Of course. we're driving the same car now. You think same, like you said, right. you could beat us driving these go-karts with one hand. Like, like right now. Now we got I mean, the same go-kart, Dan. We got the
3: same go-kart, bro. Can you put one hand? Like I want to tell you something. Tomorrow I'm going to race. I have a, a, a Chevy Camaro, right? Right. My Chevy Camaro today, unfortunately, is not making the same downforce than the Chevy Camaro that Henry has. That's, that's the reality. That's yes. not a secret. Yes. If you look to the car, it's exactly the same. But unfortunately, we're not making the same downforce. Why? Because they have done different things to develop the body different. Carl Larson. Carl Larson.
4: He's a beast. Yeah.
3: Why is Carl so fast? It's a combination. He, he's a very good driver with, today, right. the best team. Hendrik is, is, is the best team this year. Right. But you have to remember something. Racing is like a roller coaster. So a roller coaster is like this, man. Right. You're up, you're down. Three years ago, Hendrick couldn't race for, for the life. Really? They suck <laughs> yeah. They were horrible Right now Really? Right, yeah like Three that. years ago They couldn't Cycles. win They couldn't do anything Racing is a roller coaster man.
4: And, then, and, then, and then what A couple months ago They go one Two oh, Three right now, Four in Nashville Right now
3: Everyone wants to be a Hendrick Because right. they're super fast right. But everything is like a roller coaster And you have to train To stay on top As long as possible And when you're coming down Hurry up to try to come back up. <laughs> right, right, but, right. but it's difficult. <laughs> That's racing. Next year, there is a lot of things that you and I, we're going to race with the same tools. It's just the difference is going to be how we work with those tools. You know, how much, how much the setup and right. stuff like that. But everyone will have the same starting up. Uh, and I think that for the future of the sport, I, I think like every single sport, racing sport, more sport in the world, in five years from now, they're going to be doing this. All right. So to land a plane five years from now. So you want to talk about five
4: years from now? Give me the top five drivers in order. Daniel Suarez first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't use that dog. By, by a
3: mile. No, I I truly believe that there is amazing things coming for us. The future it looks very very good. I'm I'm very happy where I'm at. Very very fortunate and. Uh, and I can't wait. Yeah. I, I, I'm ready for, for battle. And I'm, I, can ch- I can guarantee you something. I'm as hungry as anyone or hungrier than any other driver out there.
1: And, and I, want to, I want to win. I wish I could come out of retirement. Like, I want to play tomorrow.
4: No, you can that, that... He, You can change his tire. No, no, now no, you no, only no, get no, 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 the no. Platform. I'm
1: talking about in my sport. I'm exactly. not. Your sport is tough. I well, mean. Your sport is tough. I can't do it. I'm just telling you that no, I wouldn't be. Able you to can't do change it. the time. You just, can't be a jack boy. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just talking about what I what I just heard. Mm-hmm. He puts you in the. I can go to war with him.
0: Right, right, right. You know that motivation. I mean, like that. Yeah. Ask him about Michael McDowell. I'm trying to tell you why you can go to war with him because when he gets pissed off, and he sees red, that's what I want to see. Red. He see, I, right. Google it. Yeah, Daniel Suarez sees red increases crew member up. I don't wanna
2: Google up, it, I, we got him here. Rocco, Tell her, us. Tell us.
0: All, all, all I know, I was, all, I, all, I, all I'm saying is I wasn't at the racetrack and then I happen to turn the TV on and all I see is Daniel Suarez with a fistful of somebody's lapels. <laughs> And their feet dangling <laughs> off the ground, and they're saying, "No, no, no, I'm sorry, I, my bad, my bad." And he yules them yeah, down, yeah, you, like yule them yeah. down. Atlanta and and they had to,
3: they had to, they had to. They had to cre- Man, I never seen that let, on let, you. let me tell you, that was, that was a very funny day, and I want to tell you why. <laughs> well, first of all, you know, I I grew up in Mexico, and I Tough. I grew up in a neighborhood where you know I went to public school, and I to be able to survive in. In, in the school that I was going, you have to be able to defend yourself.
4: You call it y'all call it the hood in, in Mexico? The hood, yeah. You call it the yeah, hood. So, sure.
3: you know, I since a very early a age I remember that I had to learn to defend myself and I and I went to different classes of, you know, different doing different stuff and and once I start learning how to defend myself, I I, I love fighting. I thought it was fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somebody was saying something to a friend of mine. I was. Like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> and I, it was,
0: you know, that's just the way I grew up. Uh, and uh, I think that's a good quality as a race car driver.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You, you never know when you're gonna need it. Okay. So so so, forty drivers, forty teams. Correct. Yeah. All right. You're up there, heavyweight champion of the. I'm the heavyweight champion of the world. Well, I'm not. No, up no, there. no. Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay <laughs> with me, Mr. Humble Man. Heavyweight champion of the world. Your first fight. Who you taking on? Who you think is worthy to step in the ring with
3: you? From drivers? Yes, yes drivers, yes. I would say that I can take down probably 90% of them. Oh, okay, Nate, all right.
4: First fight, who are we looking at? First fight, I'm going to make the fight. Um, I'm Don King. We're out here in Vegas. Let's
3: do the opposite. I'm going to tell you who I think it will be tough. All right, th- that's fine. Oh, because right. I feel like 90%. Yeah, like it. Is, yeah. You know, it. if you look to... I. I won't be very humble with this, but I thought Michael McDowell was gonna be tough, <laughs> and I put him in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> because he's, yeah. he's he's quite bigger yeah. than me. But, but there is there is a few drivers out there that they are they weigh quite a bit more than me. You yeah. know, I weigh only uh, 165 pounds, so I'm not I'm not I'm not a big boy. <laughs> but you're quick
0: though. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. quick, so I can
3: hit and run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: don't run. Just hit, move, wide yeah, weave, hit him again. who's yeah. uh, yeah. so hey, tough? Who's hey, tough? Move. Move. About Ryan Newman.
3: Ryan Newman. Ryan, Ryan, Newman Ryan Newman is one guy that I I, I will have respect because this. Yeah, friend. But this MF, he weighs 100 pounds more than me. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> here's the thing, because we all fought. Everybody fought. I'm yeah, we we Fred ain't fought. fight
4: nobody. Fred, cause,
2: cause, Cause Fred got detained one time by the police. <laughs> yeah,
4: right,
1: right, yeah, right. Y'all yeah, like telling that story. <laughs>
2: but no, but look, listen, I do it as a big dude. You, I, I do it when I walk in the room. I look around and. I look at guys that I think, hey, if this hits the fan, this is the guy that I got to hit first. Yep. Because this dude's going to be the biggest threat.
0: Let me just grab him first.
2: Who's the threats? Because you're getting into never Who never it. Into let let, Who's let the, let
0: the threats, Dan?
3: Let me tell you a story, man. Uh, <laughs> you and your story. You no, no, this, is, love, this is a I good one. Start. This is a good one. This was my, um, I was in high school. Uh, you know, in high school, when you're in the hood, you right, know, yeah. you, you have always this this uh, kind of like confrontation sometimes yeah. with the whole hi- with high school from different towns. Right, neighborhoods. And we were, we were in, the, in a break. I was with my friends and they were, they, there was a pickup truck that went by our high school with some kids and they started throwing some eggs at us. So <laughs> the same day, there were <laughs> like not too many, like probably five, seven eggs. They didn't hit anyone. So the same day, I, I've been always, this is something about me, I, I've been always a leader. Like when it comes to I used to play soccer, I used to play basketball, I never played football, but I was always, actually I was the captain of the team, and not because I was good, because I was good, you know, working with people, and, right. and motivated, and going, and, you know, so when this happened, I, remember I started organizing my, my, my friends, hey man, we're gonna go tomorrow morning at X time, and we're gonna kick their butt, because they came here. <laughs> man, long story short, next day, I say, okay, X time, and, and you bring some friends, I bring some friends, then you have like 25 kids, We went to one store, we finished, we bought. We, they run out of eggs. <laughs> we have to go to a second one. I had what we call in Mexico an halcón. Do you know what is an halcón? No. Alcon is Teach when us. you have somebody inside our place telling you the information. No. So, oh, so, so. inform me.
0: You had to inform You had to inform
1: Okay.
3: So one of my good friends <laughs> was in their school. Yeah, hey, in what here. time these guys are gonna be out? Uh, so they say okay, eleven. So I knew that we had to leave because we had to walk like 30 minutes. <laughs> so here you have 25 kids. Each of us had at least a few eggs. I had two bags. And and they were they were leaving for break. Man, we attacked <laughs> those kids and then they and then the police came running after us <laughs> and no I man. My mom dough. was my mom was cooking food for me and my and my sister that we were in the high school together. <laughs> she saw me on the news. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, and that I Yeah, man, and I remember that's <laughs> I that's see. the last thing I did like big. That was big. Uh, luckily, I was. Uh, I wasn't an, an adult, I was 17 years old. Mm, right. So I couldn't go to a real jail. I was going to the jail that right. you give uh, 50 bucks and you're out. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so my father got me out and he told me, because at the time I was I was already racing good in Mexico. And I had the sponsors and everything. And my father, that that's the thing that hit me pretty good. Because I was always like a very interactive kid. And my father told me, if you keep doing this, because it wasn't the first time, uh, you you're gonna lose your career. I mean, you're mm. very good, but you're gonna mess it up. Mm. And I stop after that. I, mm, I, I, I I told my friends I'm I'm, I'm retiring. Retiring yeah. <laughs> yeah. retiring from the street. So retiring so, from the street. You know, all this that happens. Is, is, is all no right, just to deal. end the show for us.
4: Who are you fighting in the first in the first fight? <laughs>
3: in you the want, show. You Ooh, want somebody? Somebody,
4: somebody tall or somebody medium? Who, somebody you No, know, the first fight you gotta. It's an easy win. Oh, easy win? Yeah. Well, you already Wallace. Oh, oh! He threw us a curveball. Oh. <laughs> Bubba. Bubba, that's because I'm your boy. That's our boy. That's why you didn't even know he was there.